you ever get those moments where you kind of ask yourself the question, am I just havering here? Am I just talking a load of rubbish here? Am I just filling time? Okay, glad some people uh, have these experiences as well. You know, sometimes when you come to prepare a message for Sunday, it comes to the Saturday night and it's, it, you're kind of mulling it over in your head and you go, this is a load of nonsense. Is this really what I'm supposed to be talking about today? And then you just get these moments uh, where there's a total crisis of confidence and you go, oh, I need to change it, I need to change it. No, no, we're not changing it today. Um, I did have one of those kind of funny moments preparing for today, but I really feel that what I want to share today is what God would have us listen to today. Um, and over the next few weeks, I want to centre around some of the things that I feel God has really been saying and is saying to us as a church, um, I really believe that the things which we've been talking about over the last number of Sundays have been God's word to us. These are what God is saying to us. And uh, looking into things which are foundational in the life of any church for it to be a healthy church. And we looked at things like unity. <coughs> Excuse me. We looked at love, we looked at joy, we looked at the heart, we looked at prayer, the importance of prayer. And last week, Ian's message focused around the centrality of Christ, or at least that's what I took from it, Ian, um, uh, just that Jesus needs to be at the centre of everything, um, which was really heightened for me after my experiences in Ethiopia. Um, and just my experiences of the churches there is that Jesus really is at the centre. And uh, I shared that last week. In my meditations, I've been feeling that we need to be established as a church. And uh, it's kind of linked with the verse from Isaiah 54 about strengthening your stakes. Um, we'll come to that a bit later on in another message. But as a people of God in, in Whitburn Pentecostal Church, we need to be established. God has spoken into the life of the church about expanding, about enlarging, about elevating, about rising up. And I'm convinced that God wants to do something uh, very significant in our time and in, in this church, but not just in this church. There are other churches as well. And I'll share a bit more about that in the weeks to come, probably. But we need to begin to position ourselves for the thing that God wants to do. Who knows that if you keep doing the same things, you'll get the same results. It's a fact of life, isn't it? But we need to position ourselves for the things which we believe God is saying to us. And my, my hope and prayer is that this message helps us to think about us positioning ourselves. And we need to begin with the roots. And there's lots of, kind of tree analogies today. For those who know me, you'll know that I like trees. I don't actually hug them. Okay, I don't hug them. But I do take pictures of them. And I'm going to show you some pictures uh, today, which for me gives you an insight in, into how my mind works, if nothing else. But God has spoken to me very clearly through uh, my, my reading, through just my relationship with him, but also through the prophetic, um, the prophetic word. Um, the, the part of my role in, in this life is to be an establisher of people. Um, and there's nothing gives me greater joy than to see people coming on in their faith and to be established in their faith and to be able to be strong in themselves. And so it's something that really motivates me. And I know it motivates other people in the church as well. 
But part of my role as a leader is to establish others and to set things in motion in the church here which help us to establish people. I feel the key to building, uh, the key for us is building capacity in the church here to sustain growth. If a tree goes too tall without establishing the root, what happens when the storm comes? I used to live in a place where there was loads and loads of tall, tall beech trees. They were planted as part of an avenue that took you down to a big house that no longer exists. Really, really tall beech trees. But the, these particular beech trees didn't have good foundations. They didn't have good roots. And uh, when we had strong winds, we would see a number of these trees just toppled over. Beech trees tend not to have very deep uh, and wide roots. And so if we want to be established as people, if we want to be established as a church, then our roots need to go down and they need to be firm. That was supposed to come up itself. You're going to uh, open the Bible and uh, read from James chapter 5, and just verses 7 and 8. And I'm reading from the New King James Version as opposed to the NIV, simply because I like the way that it's worded, but it'll be up on the screen there. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of of the Lord is at hand. It's a very interesting verse, and I came across it a number of weeks ago when I was preparing uh, for these messages. And James is referring, he's referring here to the second coming. Uh, it's not a, a doctrine that we've heard preached a lot about in the church over the last number of years, but I remember when I was we it was something that was preached about a lot and it was something that entered into a lot of our songs that we sung as a church and there's a real kind of expectation that Jesus was coming back uh, tomorrow and I think we've maybe kind of lost that a little bit in the church in general there's maybe, we've maybe kind of lost that expectation that he is returning but the reality is that the Bible says that he is coming back he's coming back for his church and I find that an exciting thought but there's another application in this for us today Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And I feel that God wants to visit us through a move of the Holy Spirit, uh, something that we've not seen before, a new thing. And it's come through, it's come through time and time again uh, in the, the, the prophetic. And uh, I remember sitting where David was sitting just now, uh, last May, I think it was, when Ray Stokes was at the church and he was speaking, and he began to prophesy uh, into the life of the church but more broadly about a move of the Holy Spirit and when I was sitting there I actually I was struggling to contain what was just happening inside of me I was coming alive as he was speaking and I, I, I so witnessed with what was going on uh, the things that he was saying um, and it was almost like I almost wanted to shout out it was that kind of I was like Shh, just kind of keep it all bottled inside, but I wanted to shout out and go Amen. Um, I really identified with it so much. And I'm going to share more about that. I'm going to go back and reflect on that as well. But my prayer and my heart is the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done here in Whitburn as it is in heaven. I want God's will to be done 
here in this church and the churches that surround us in my life, in my family's life, in your lives, that is my desire, is that his kingdom comes and that his will is done in each of us. Now, to be established, it doesn't all happen right away, does it? Who knows that when you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't just go bing, magically it's got itself all established and bearing fruit right away. There's a process. And I'm going to flick up a diagram which I've used before. We all go through different stages in our relationship with God. It begins by exploring the Christian message, by exploring this gospel message, by exploring what it means to be a Christian. Is it something that I want to do? And as we explore it, we come to this place called the cross and we recognize that Jesus actually is who he said he was. He taught and his teachings were true. He died, but he also rose again. And that's an incredible message just in itself. The incredible message of the resurrection. We're going to come to that at Easter time. It's been exciting me just thinking about the resurrection and the power that's in that. But we come to this place and we recognize that Jesus is who he says he is. And when we make that decision to make him Lord of our lives, when we confess all our baggage and sin then, and we invite him in, then God does something in our lives and we become a new creation. And it's then that we, be, we begin on our Christian journey. That's when it really begins. And it's all in the same direction. We begin to grow in the faith. And our ultimate desire and aim is that we become Christ-centered. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Everything about his life was about Jesus. Ian posed the question last week, is Jesus enough? To be Christ-centered is to be able to say yes to that question. And that's the ultimate aim, is that we become people who are Christ-centered, where everything in our lives surrounds, uh, is surrounded by Jesus and is surrounded in Jesus. And it's a journey of becoming established, established in a relationship with God. And there's always next steps. It doesn't matter who you are in this place today, there's always a next step Okay? If you think you've arrived, then think again. Okay? I remember as a young man, uh, I'm still fairly young, uh, but young girl man thinking, wow, this is amazing, I'm learning so much, I'm growing in God, and man, I don't know if there's anything else. What a laugh. <laughs> eh? I was just so naive. And learned that actually there is so much more. And the older you get, and the more you realize about who God is, the more you realize that you don't realize anything. Do you know what I mean? And that's what it's like. But most of this work, most of this uh, work of becoming established is, is achieved in the secret place. It's achieved out of sight of people. It's achieved in a relationship with God. And Ian made reference to that verse last week. Iron sharpens iron. It might happen in secret, but there's an importance in meeting together. We need to meet together because we encourage one another and we grow together. And the best analogy that I can come up with, and I've already mentioned it, is a tree. 
The establishing of the tree, though, takes place under the surface, doesn't it? In the roots, the place where we can't see. That's where a lot of the beginning stuff happens. And unless there's good roots in a tree, then the tree will not become established. And it's exactly like that with us. Unless our roots go down into God, then we won't become established as Christians. And there's something about the collective. When we all begin to get this, when we all begin to put our roots down into God, something happens in church as a congregation. Something happens as a whole, and we begin to go to a new level as a church. The Proverbs say this, Keep your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips from, uh, far from you. New King James Version. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look uh, right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Let all your ways be established. This is talking about examining our lives, examining our motivations and our ways, making sure that our words are wholesome, ensuring that our ways are pure. The way that we do business out in the world, that we do it with integrity, that we do it with honesty, that your thoughts are pure and your actions are kind. I put something on Facebook yesterday. I was thinking back uh, to a time when I worked in Mitsubishi when I was uh, asked to do something which was dishonest. I was asked to falsify uh, records, calibration records for some equipment in preparation for a visit from the ISO inspector. And it just makes you wonder if these ISO inspections and the like are actually worth anything when people do things like that. And I was asked to falsify these records and I had to say, sorry, can't do that because that equipment hasn't been calibrated. I'll not put my name to that. And somebody else went and did it. But who knows that when you do things like that, when you do the right thing, there can sometimes be a cost. And the cost for me was not really having favor, uh, not really being the person who was in line for promotion, uh, and always the guy who was kind of catching up. But I was quite happy with that, because I knew that I was called to be there, but my purpose was far greater than Mitsubishi Electric. My purpose was greater than that. My purpose was in God. We need to make sure that in this letting our ways be established, that we do things with honesty and integrity, and that we come back to a relationship with God. It says, do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. How do we know the right thing to do? Because we allow ourselves to be challenged by the word of God. I remember uh, a conversation with my dad years and years ago uh, where he talked about studying the scriptures. He says, you examine the scriptures to find out what they say. He says, but actually, they're examining you. As we read, the, the scriptures are examining our hearts. They're examining our roots and working out whether or not they're established or not. I'm allowed to talk about trees because there's lots of examples in the Bible about this. Okay? And uh, in the Psalms, Psalm 1, it's one of my favorite Psalms, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners 
or sit in the seat of mockers. If we're established in God, then we need to be careful who we're listening to for advice. If we are to be established in God, we need to glean from good sources. We can listen to the advice of so many different people, people in the world. But what we really need is the Word of God advising us. We can seek out worldly wisdom in all sorts of things, and the women's magazines are full of it. So are the men's magazines. Advice about relationships, advice about finance, advice about your sex life, advice about business, advice about family life. And can I just tell you, you'll not find the best advice in the magazines. You'll find the best advice in the Bible. And when we learn to glean from the Bible, let our roots go down into God's Word and really meditate on that, then we will notice that our lives are becoming more established. It goes on to say here about this man who is blessed. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. It's far better to come into God's word and get our advice from there. Verse 3 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The end result is in health, it's in fruit bearing, and if we want to become established, become healthy, and bear fruit, then we need to get ourselves into God's Word. More verses from the Bible. I'm going to put up a picture of this that I took in Ethiopia. It's a palm tree. There's some pretty awesome palm trees uh, in Ethiopia. But this is what the, the Bible says. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. And we are planted into this house, into this particular congregation called Whitburn Pentecostal Church, just like trees. We're planted not as individual trees, but planted as a forest. And this is just an aside, but I thought we'd do this anyway. Because there are some people who say, I can be a Christian without going to church. And to some extent, I can't argue with that, because it's true. We can have a relationship with God without going to church. But actually, I prefer this picture because this speaks of health. This speaks of being together. This speaks of being protected when the winds come. This speaks of us as a fellowship being planted together. Isaiah 61, it's up on the wall here. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Not individual trees, but a planting of the Lord, a forest together. Psalm 92 goes on to say, They will flourish in the courts of our God, and they will still bear fruit in old age. There's an encouragement, eh? For some more than others. It's an encouragement for me. They will still bear fruit. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord is upright he is my rock and there is no wickedness in him another verse from the scriptures but I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God Psalm 52 verse 8 like an olive tree planted flourishing 
in the house of God. I'm see I'm allowed to talk about trees. I'm going to show you some pictures. This this is a picture of a Sitka spruce. It's in Glam's Castle in the grounds of Glam's. And it was planted in 1868. And you can see how big it is because there's my kids at the foot of this tree. It's absolutely massive. Now compared to the trees which I saw in Ethiopia, which were small, quite stunted, didn't grow very high because there's a, the, the soil is arid, there's not a lot of water. Whereas here in Perthshire, the so, well this is actually not Perthshire, this is the other shire. What's it called? Is it Mori? No, no, that's too high up. Angus, that's it. Angus, that's it. And this tree is 148 years old. It was planted at the same time as William Booth established the Christian mission, which then became the Salvation Army. 148 years ago, planted, rooted, established. Still here. This tree, the chestnut tree, which was planted in 1746, 270 years ago, the same time as the Battle of Culloden. I wonder if it was planted to mem- uh, in commemoration of that. But this tree is absolutely massive. It just goes everywhere. The branches are so heavy that they're down to the ground. Wonderful examples of trees that have endured through time, have endured hardship, have endured storms, and have seen generations come and generations go. They're planted in good soil and there is ample provision for them. In the same way, we need to be planted and established in God and His Word and through prayer. Jude talks about keeping ourselves in the love of God. It also talks about how He will keep us, so we're kept in every way. We do that through developing a relationship with Him through hearing Him in our Bible study and devotions, through prayer, through obedience to His words in every aspect of life. It's one thing to hear the right thing to do. It's another thing to do it. And it's our obedience to God's word that helps us to become established. Obedience to all of his words in every aspect of life. Sometimes we can ask ourselves, what is God, what's God saying? What's God's will? And sometimes we're after specific guidance, but the Bible is full of God's will for us. And it's there for us in black and white, sometimes red and white, if it's the words of Jesus. It's all there for us. There's so much in that that informs us as to how we should live as human beings on this planet. But then we sometimes need to hear specifically. And uh, can I just encourage you, in your times of listening, in your times of reading, when you hear something from God, maybe, maybe God is showing you something to share with somebody else. Um, when we came to this church at first many years ago, it was quite common for people to come up and say, I really think I've got a word for you. And they maybe share a verse from the Bible or, or, or share some revelation. Can I encourage us to keep doing that? To do that more? To listen on behalf of others as well? Just drop some of the wee texts and say, I really think I've got a word for you. Or pick up the phone and say, I think I've got a word for you. Or that's somebody with a word for me. But it's really important that we listen and that we listen on behalf of each other sometimes. 
you know, there have been times in my life where I, I really struggled to hear God. There have been times in my life where I was really struggling, even just to read the Bible and get anything out of it. And it was in those times where it was really useful and it was helpful and it was just amazing where somebody came along and said, I've got a word for you. You're like, okay, that kind of puts things into perspective again. I've been chatting to uh, a chap called uh, Mike Sherwood. Mike spoke at our church many years ago and we've made a uh, connection again, which is really cool. Uh, Mike uh, was a Neilan pastor. His son's a Neilan pastor in Dundee. And uh, we're hopefully meeting up at the end of next month. Uh, he's coming back up to visit his son. Mike Sherwood was one of those people who, as I came up to the front here, in response to the word of God, he had a word specifically for me. And it was just like the nail going into the sure place. It was like, dunk, one hit, and it's in. I was like, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. Helped to inform my decisions, made me think about my attitudes, my actions. Ephesians chapter 3 says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, this unseen work that goes on at the roots, strengthened through his Spirit. It's not just the Word, it's the Spirit that brings revelation. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If ever a verse talks about being established without using the word itself, it's that verse there. That we may be rooted and grounded in love. The Bible says that God is love. Rooted and grounded in God. And then we become like this apple tree. Again, back up in Glam's castle. It's been trained for maximum fruitfulness. It's been pruned for maximum fruitfulness. Who knows that there are sometimes things in our lives that need to be cut out. Things which might be good, but they need to be cut out. God said it's time for that to go. And I know that there are things in my life, and it's past time for them to go, and I'm looking for the solution to some of these things. In the same way, we need to exhibit and grow and develop spiritual fruit. But the fruit that we develop in our lives is in accordance with our roots. If our roots are going down into God, then the fruit of our lives will be good fruit. Our fruit is in accordance with our training, with discipline, and being in a good environment. Having plenty of light, plenty of water, plenty of feeding, and the right pruning at the right time. This is a fantastic example. I wish I had one of these in my house. Because it would just remind me of this all the time. And I'd get good apples off it. We become established through being rooted and grounded in God. To come back to our verse. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. We want it all to happen right now. But God's timing is different from our timing. It doesn't always happen as fast as we would like it. Action Springs not from thought, 
but from a readiness for responsibility. When we are established, when we are ready, then God moves, and he doesn't move before that, or very rarely. So it's important that we become trained, disciplined, and live in a good environment. And that means thinking about the influences in our lives, thinking about the things that we meditate on, the things that we watch on TV, and things that we listen to. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. There's a very strong analogy in Scripture between water and the Holy Spirit. And having spent some time in Africa, you realize just how important water is. I actually felt guilty about talking about back home uh, because I said, when did you last have rain? And the person says, well, it should have rained in September, but it hasn't. And I'm thinking about here, and we've had utter deluge. I'm like, Lord, we would really love to share some of that rain with them. (laughs) Please. (laughs) And we'll take some of their 25 degrees in sunshine happy, we'll share and I felt guilty almost about the fact that we have so much rain and we think about that picture that was up there about the forest so green and the land that we live in and it's just, you know, we moan about things moan about the weather, oh it's raining again count yourself blessed that it's raining Yeah, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, even though it's raining. But it's an example, it's an analogy of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Just like rain that comes, just like the rain that it's talking about here, the farmer needs the rain for the crops to grow. We need that rain of the Holy Spirit to come in order that we might grow as individuals but as the church that we might grow as the church and the Holy Spirit's role is vital in our lives and I think about the verses in Isaiah Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 I think about them Isaiah 35 if we read that passage read that particular chapter it's full of this idea of God doing a new thing of rain coming and of the wastelands becoming inhabited places. And as I look at our community, I realize that our community needs that rain of God. Our community needs the Holy Spirit. Our community needs our community needs a church which is established and which is prepared to get stuck in and do the things that God is calling it to do. I think about our food bank, for example. And I remember back to when the food bank was starting off. And I really felt God had given me a word for the food bank. And it was, a, it was in relation to this verse. I, can't, I should have looked up the verse. Uh, where Moses has asked the people to come and bring. But then Moses actually has to say, Look, you need to stop bringing stuff. There's too much stuff. Don't bring any more stuff. All right? There's too much stuff. Please Stop bringing, there's 30 tons, at the last count, 30 tons of food. 
in the warehouse, which will be distributed. It's all uh, long shelf life stuff. But God said that there was going to be an abundance in that ministry. And that it's proved to be true. And we live in a town of um, 10,500 people at the last census, which is 2011. And I just want to ask you this question. How many souls in our community are you believing for? Here's a question. How many souls are you believing for? 100? 500? There's only 10,000. 500. But across the world, Walter, that's a good one. When I was in Ethiopia, I was struck by a man's vision to build a £9 million building that would seat 6,000 people and it would be 12 storeys high. And he had faith for it. And he said, we don't want the next generation to be burdened with buildings and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do that job for them. It's a bit like David wanted to build the temple, but no, Solomon, that's his job. This building isn't big enough to contain what God can do if we are prepared to become established in the work of God, established in our lives, established as people who are able to reach out into our community. This building is not big enough. We need to look at our vision once again and ask ourselves the question, is our vision big enough as a church? And I suspect that it's not. Because our God is capable of far more than we give him credit for. The question is, are we prepared to get ourselves established? Prepared to get ourselves rooted and grounded in God that we may uh, be able to see that happen? We need people who are prepared to get involved in discipleship. Who are prepared to get stuck in to the development of the new little Christians. One last picture. This really tickled me when I saw this. This is a sequoia. And this is a baby sequoia. Big giant redwood tree. Uh, I think this one's in Perthshire maybe. And it made me think about us as Christians. Some who are long established and for whom that passage about being fruitful in your old age is a good passage. About remaining green, that's a good passage. People who are long established, like this big massive tree. And then others who come into this relationship with God, who are becoming established. We need people to get involved in establishing other people, new people who come in who don't know God. We need to be established in the area of prayer. And it's something that I continue to explore, praying about praying. You know, you, you do pray about praying. Listen, listen, if you're struggling with praying, pray about praying, okay? Don't pray about other things, just pray about praying. And then you'll suddenly find out that you can actually pray, okay? But how do we pray as a church? We used to pray in prayer triplets in the church. Maybe there's a place for coming back to smaller groups 
and it being more dynamic. But I really feel in my heart that one of the things that we're going to have to get to grips with is praying over streets, praying over neighbourhoods, maybe one or two people getting together to pray for a particular area, and to really believe that God is going to do something in those streets, you, maybe your street. And to become established in our spiritual growth, to become established in God's word, to become established in our walk, to become established in our works, the things that we do, our service for God, to become established in our witness. And we are such a privileged people, Christians, because we have such a history. We're not just giving witness to the things that happened today. We can go back into history and we can be witnesses to what's happened in history through Scripture. But witnesses through lives changed, our lives, our stories, your story, my story. To become established in this whole area of wonders, signs and wonders. And to really see the manifest presence of God through signs and wonders as well. To see people healed. To see miracles. And I want to think a little bit more about these things as the weeks come. The question is, are we prepared to put in the work? Are we prepared to become those people who are established in our relationship with God? If we are, then God can do amazing things through us as believers. My prayer is that the roots of this church are well established. That it is a place which can sustain growth. A place where new Christians are born every week. It says in Acts that the Lord added to their number daily. Well, I'll go for weekly. I'm quite happy with weekly just now. What you believe in God for? How big is your vision? And are you prepared to pay the price for that vision? I'm going to ask that we stand and that we close our eyes and we're going to pray and then we're going to come around the table. So if I could ask you if you're able to stand, just stand. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Father, you know exactly where we're at in our journey with you. Father, some of us are still exploring the Christian faith. We've not made that commitment yet. We've not come to the cross yet. We've not come to you and acknowledged you as Lord and Savior. We've not repented of our sins. We've not invited you into our lives. And Father, I pray that if there are people here today who are at that stage, that they would make that decision to follow you. And that they would make that decision to put their trust in you. And Father, just say that simple prayer of asking you into their lives, of asking you to forgive them, of asking you to help them to turn their lives around and live for you. Father, for some of us, we're just beginning in our Christian walk, just learning what it is to become established as a Christian. And Father, I pray for those who are at that stage that you'd open up their minds, open up their spirits, that they might hear your word and receive it, 
And Father, dwell in it and meditate on it and grow and become established as Christians. For those who are growing in their faith, Father, I pray that they'd be encouraged in that journey. Father, that we'd get alongside each other and encourage each other and spur each other on to good works. Father, spur each other on in our faith. And Father, we pray for those who would say that they're at that stage where they're Christ-centered, that they would remain in that place and be totally devoted to you. Father, I know, I know in my own life that I can't always say that I'm Christ-centered because it's not reflected in the fruit of my life. It's not reflected in my actions. It's not reflected in the things which I say. And Father, I ask that you forgive me for those times where you're not the center of my life. And Father, I pray that you would become the center of each of our lives. Father, that we would be established in you. And so, Father, we pray that you'd help us in our hearts to respond to your word this morning. Father, to be those people who will be established in this place. Father, that we might be in a position to really enter into all that you have for us as a church. And so, Father, we pray, breathe upon us. Father, even now, may your spirit come. Father, we pray that you'd open up our ears to hear that still, small voice. To hear your voice. Father, that thing which you ask us to do, we pray that you'd help us to be obedient to that. Father, to continue in this journey, this relationship with you. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. We celebrate the great things that are happening. But Lord, there's a hunger in our hearts to see more. So Lord, we pray that you would satisfy that hunger that's within us. Father, that we would see incredible things happen in our time and in our day. Behold, I do a new thing, now it springs up. Father, we pray that you'd help us to get immersed in our relationship with you. Established in our relationship with you.